What does the power of detachment mean to you? I think the power of detachment means to me is that shit's gonna happen anyways. So why not enjoy the process? Because people hold on to everything, man. How are you prepping everyone who's looking up to you as you know a leader, as you know inspiration? How are you prepping them through this next coming slide? I have, uh, if, we, if we have enough time, I'll share the A, B, C, D, E's of being a beast. So A is you got to double up on your actions. You got to increase your lead generation. You got to take massive action. B, how I prepare them is you got to choose to be the one that's successful. Success is not what you do, it's who you're being. C is threefold. Communication. Community we just talked about too, masterminding, doing the podcast like this, contribution, check your commitment. D is detachment we just talked about, let it go. E is energy and enthusiasm. World-class lessons from the real estate industry's top 1%. Empowering agents to think bigger and do more to create life by design. Get access to exclusive interviews with top producing real estate professionals. Listen in as we talk about their journey in the business, best practices, and lessons learned. Hosted by Kiro Nasrallah and John Scipioni. You mean one thing that we always say in our office is just action is better than perfection, right? This is Light It Up with Lighthouse Residential. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up Podcast. I am honored to have with us today a veteran from Vancouver, Canada, Mr. John Sai, team leader of the John Sai Group. Uh, his team will close uh, closed and pending this year, 250 transactions, small team of just 21 agents representing a total volume of $200 million in production. John, thank you so much for being here, man. You are welcome. And knowing who has been on the show before, uh, my name is you know included in that list. Uh, just just a huge honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, man. We're always trying to bring agents that will bring uh, agents and team leaders that will bring tremendous value to the platform. And uh, you know, making the choice to have you on was was an easy one. So again, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. You know, in preparation for the show, um, one of the things I did is go on your Instagram and I realized that of all my 900 followers, 450 of them are mutual. So you wow. require no introduction, <laughs> especially you. to everyone in the MFO world. So, um, you know, first and foremost, I think for the people who aren't familiar with you, John, I think it'd be helpful uh, to give a little bit of, uh, you know, history of what you what you've done up to uh, this point and what you had to do to get here. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so born and raised in Taiwan and family immigrated here in 1991 because my mom and dad didn't want me to go to the army in Taiwan. So I was just kind of escaping that and being here in 1991 in Canada wasn't really an easy process. I was bullied a lot and, you know, being ESL fresh off the boat, uh, everybody made fun of me and, uh, you know, even people make fun of me today and, and it's all good. But um, back then it was quite painful growing up. But that made me um, realize that I needed grit. I needed to work hard um, to prove to people that I'm not to be messed with. I'm not a very big guy. I don't fight people. But I knew that that energy, that anger i had to channel it somewhere so i brought that into real estate right however when i first started in 2006 
I had no idea what I was doing. This young kid, I was partying. I was partying from like 18 years old all the way up to 25 years old and no money in the bank. My mom, you know, they're okay, but they're not wealthy, wealthy. They never gave me any money. So I was like fending for myself. And I got into real estate thinking it was a ticket, right? And in the first six months, I did two deals, made a whopping $2,500. And I was like, okay, well, this is cool. I mean, this is it, right? Like this is real estate. And uh, my second full year, however, I became a champion. I did 17 transactions. I made $100,000, 27 years old. And guess what I did? I went and bought my my uh, girlfriend then, now wife, still together, uh, purses, clothes. I went and bought an X5, $80,000, right? And guess what? $100,000, I spent $100,000. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I still got to pay taxes on this shit? <laughs> and then and then in six months later in 2008 uh, when when the u.s was falling apart ours we had a lag time and in mid 2008 i was like oh shit what's happening here everything was like a water tap shut off and i'm like what happened i was doing so well and now you're like oh my gosh nobody was calling me what's going on here so i wasn't doing anything my broker back then, so grateful for him. He gave me a cassette tape, <laughs> a cassette tape of Mike Ferry. And I listened to, to the cassette tape. Mike was so real. It's like prospect, leave follow-up, go on appointments, take listings, make money. I was like, shit, that's my guy, right? And then I had an opportunity to go to a sales talk workshop in Newport Beach, 2008. Mike spoke there. I was like, wow, it's actually the, the actual Mike Ferry. And man, I was so broke. I drove out from West Covina to, um, to Newport Beach to see him speak. And I had no money to get back. And I had no money for lunch. Okay. This gentleman, Carlos Heron. I don't know where you are, Carlos. I love you, my man. He bought me lunch and he gave me $10 to put in some gas in my car to go back home to West Covina. Right? Wow. I did pay him back. So I, I you know, went home and my, I got my sister to give me like 20 bucks. I paid him back the next day, but I will never forget that. He had no business being kind to me. I'm just a lost Chinese guy in Newport Beach trying to, you know, be here at a seminar. But at the end of the seminar, they asked us to sign up. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to do this. Like a thousand dollars back then in 2008 was $1,500 per month Canadian. And remember, I was already $80,000 in debt. Right, eighty plus the the twenty dollars that you owned. Uh, you owned uh, <laughs> exactly. <was> <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I signed up, and I was like, okay, blind faith. I'm just gonna go all in, but nothing happened. It was so scary. Nothing happened for six months. I couldn't make a sale for the life of me, because you do seventeen transactions the previous year, and you do. I did ten transactions. Thought I was a champ from from January to like May, June, and then nothing, nothing. For six months right but then i just kept working and i just channeled all that anger all that energy of people kicking me around getting beat up as a skinny chinese kid my father telling me i was no good i'm useless i'm like fuck it i'm gonna make this work right so then i did and then from march 2009 to end of 2009 did 33 transactions from there I started to gain some momentum. There are ups and downs. There are a couple cycles in between from now until, from then until today in Vancouver. 
Um, but every time I struggled, I grew. Every time I went backwards in my production, I, I just worked smarter and I worked harder. So uh, today, um, you know, like I said, last year we closed 170 transactions and 170 million. Uh, GCI was uh, 2.485 and I netted um, just over 1 million to myself and plus uh, 500,000 in uh, revenue share. So it was a pretty, pretty good year for, for myself and my family. And I just looking to grow. So the time that I've been saving from, you know, grinding, I've been able to use that time to contribute to other agents, do stuff like this a little bit more, right? And be full-time supporting my revenue share group and my team. Um, so right now at this stage in my career, I, I don't want to say I made it. I'm a multimillionaire. Who cares? Uh, I just, I, I have enough funds that I can solely focus on contribution today instead of worrying about the next check, right? So that brings us to today. And uh, can I tell another story or should we stop here? Yeah. Please. Okay. No, no, no. So this is a story of this 42 year old man, a Caucasian man in Taiwan, which I met in 2002. I was 22 years old, right? And I'm like, it's noon on a Tuesday. Why are you working out? Don't you work? He said, I'm retired. And I um, got into real estate and I built a language school here in Taiwan, sold it, put it all into real estate. And now I create residual income every month and I don't have to work. I'm like, wow, how can I be like you? He said, go read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I said, okay. I picked up the book. I've never read a book in its entirety. And I read that book and thinking back, to that moment, my whole journey today, guys, I'm 42 years old. I want to help the next 22 year old become who I am today. I'm not saying I'm all that, but like we made some money. We're okay. I want to be able to contribute like that guy contributed to me. So brings me to today. So thank you for allow allowing me to share. <laughs> That's great. That's a great story, man. I can't, it's funny. I almost feel like sometimes we're sponsored by either MFO or Rich Dad Poor Dad because yeah, I feel like the number of times that uh, that book or Mike comes up in in any of these podcasts is uh, yeah. is uh, crazy. Yeah, we should have an affiliate segue into for those. Yeah, right. <laughs> Click below. Well, one thing I'll say is, um, John, I was exposed to you about maybe five or six years ago. A buddy of mine, David Lee, uh, brought you on as a guest speaker in one of our mastermind calls. And uh, you mentioned two things that actually I literally did them because I'm very, you know, I would say coachable. He would say gullible. Uh, uh, you said Thatch Win and you said Landmark Forum. Um, you said those two things. Next thing you know, I was shadowing Thatch. Uh, Thatch, incredible in terms of mindset and, you know, what he's been able to do, especially from where he came from. Um, and the other part was Landmark Forum. Signed up for Landmark Forum, had no idea what to expect. No idea, because Thatch reiterated the same thing, and that was actually life-changing too. Um, but before we go any deeper, I wanted to read something here <clears throat> that uh, you wrote, actually. Uh, it's part of the AID group, so there's a group that uh, Thatch when started called the, the Design Destiny by Design. Um, and every day, John's super consistent, and been posting on there every single day from 2019, as long as I've known. Uh, you wrote down in November, 
being the one who's easy, easily and effortlessly attracting 44 or more FLQA and 1,000 or more total group by the end of 2021 and being the one that's easily, in, I'll skip that part, uh, being one who's healthy, happy, 165 pounds, six pack, <laughs> <laughs> and then the last part you wrote being the one who's unattached and fully committed to serve unconditionally now this is a private group chat between only uh select people who actually pay to be yeah. in the group um the reason why i wanted to read this is because of how much you've grown by being so intentional and consistent thank you with what you, you are but the one thing that's the most consistent out of everything is being unattached and fully committed to serve yeah. unconditionally even in preparation for this, you said the same thing. I'm here to serve unconditionally and to uh, uh, just fully committed to helping you guys. So Thank that was you. Uh, something that's so consistent. Thank you for that. Can you share of, yeah, man, can you share of the journey that you've been to, to really, especially in the last year, it's almost been explosive watching you, you know, grow um, over here at this time, you wrote revenue share. Do you mind me sharing numbers? Not at all. Go ahead. Yeah. 39,000 a month at that yeah. time. And this was in November. So was that like eight months? No, a little bit more, nine months. Where are you now? We hit a peak two months ago of 81,000. Yeah, so it had doubled. Obviously every year goes through a little bit of ups and downs, but uh, that was the peak for this year. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. And in being intentional with the AID, would you say that everything that was in here was accomplished as planned? Uh, so currently I'm at, 42 FLQA and 745 agents. So obviously, you know, I wanted to be at a thousand by end of year three and we're closer to end of year four and I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. just, I, I know that, uh, young agents, uh, people who are coming up, they always want to buy a certain time to be by this, by this age. And I would always tell younger agents now, yeah, set that goal. It's already a done deal. And next thing you know, you just got to go and put in the work and enjoy the journey because you're going to hit that goal. It's just a matter of time. Who cares if it's five years or four years or three years, two years? You achieve that goal, right? I, I always wanted to be a millionaire by 30 years old and never got there until two, um, 35 years old, right? And I was always beating myself up. I was always very anxious, very fearful of not being able to achieve that goal. And I, once I get this, this is how much I hate myself. I used to hate myself. When I, when I became a millionaire at 35 years old, I was like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. It took me five extra years, <laughs> right? So if I were to tell myself when I was 22 years old uh, until 42 years old today, I would tell my younger self, and I would change nothing, but I would only advise myself to enjoy the journey. Because shit's going to happen anyways. The goals that you've set, it's yeah. going to happen. But if you don't enjoy today, it'll be an excruciating experience that I went through that I don't want eight young agents to get into real estate and have their lives being eaten up because you want it so bad. Mm. Only the high achievers yeah. will know. The overachievers, like, man, I got to work 80 hours a week to get there. Like, yes, you can. And what's more important is from your accomplishments to live a life worthwhile for you and your family. Why would you want to kill yourself? Right? So that, that's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And, and unfortunately in our business, if you let it, it will consume your whole day, your whole life. 
And the collateral damage of that yep. is your health and your health is your ultimate yeah, absolutely. wealth. Right? Uh, bef before you, you, you sort of um, referenced <clears throat> some of your mentors, Kenny yep. Fast um, and a few other people, would you say that, um, I think your segue was, you know, Mike, Mike sort of, I think, I think I related to you on that level where, you know, we were all heavy MFO as, as highly paid individual technicians. Yes, and that's, that's always what got me a little bit frustrated with the platform was that, you know, I wanted to grow mm -hmm. the team and I wanted to spread out a little bit wider. A, because I couldn't do yep. it all myself and B, because I wanted to have other people, you know, that we could contribute, but other people that would also learn throughout the yep. process. And that's when, you know, I think you and I connected either through the yep. Aaron Novello pro mm -hmm. platform program. But I think, you know, the reason that uh, we speak with so many different EXP agents is because, you know, there's so many leaders over there that are uh, inspiring people and, and teaching other people how to grow yeah. wide. So would you say that that it was the same point that you wanted to grow the team as when you joined EXP? Is that did that happen simultaneously? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, to no fault of Mike, Mike has a very specific message and it's very strong. Right. And I always followed Mike very system to to the T. And I never swayed away from what Mike told me. And Mike you know, put me on the map. Mike made me who I am today. However, to get to the next level, I needed a a bigger, bigger playground. And EXP, when I looked at it, I was like, holy crap, there's this whole other world here where people are doing a thousand. How do you do a thousand deals? And, you know, the Veronica Figueroa's of the world, the Kenny Fast of the world, they're doing it. You can't do it as one man, right? So that's that's when I was getting a little bit frustrated with myself, working seven days a week, grinding 50, 60 contacts a day to keep up my production. And I was getting extremely burnt out and at the same time trying to build a team. That was excruciating because people were coming in and leaving me because when they call me for any problems, any advice, me as a team leader, I'm prospecting. Let me call you back. Right. Yep. I got to get, I took 119 listings in 2019 and I recruited 130 people all at the same time, but it was a revolving door on my team because I was never able to support them. Mike doesn't teach us that, but to no fault of him, that's just his message. Right. So that all happened, you know, before joining EXP, I was actually looking to start a Remax brokerage, a franchise just to leverage myself a little bit more. I wanted to sell real estate. I still wanted to crush it. I still wanted to, to be the Josh Barkers, the, the Aaron Novellos of the world, taking 200 listings a year. And then once I got into EXP, I had to let my ego go. I had to say, hey, you know what? I don't have to be that guy. I have enough knowledge. I want to be able to contribute. So I switched it around and saying, hey, you know, whoever comes on my team, I want to help you produce, right? And that, that's the biggest mindset shift where I was Rainmaker. I get all the listings. You guys get the leftovers. Now it's like everything goes my, to my team. And I'm here 100% to serve you, to help you achieve your goals as a team leader. 
that's how my team went from eight to 13, now 21. But if I was still in production, it wouldn't grow as fast. If you have 20 agents and you're still in full-time production, unless you've hired director of sales, you know, uh, uh, another manager, you probably won't get there, but I'm happy being out of production. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things, you know, it's funny when we do this show, sometimes it goes into this, like find this, this like focused questions of us just selfishly asking questions about our own team. <laughs> but one of the things I'll tell, I'll tell you, because I know other people can relate is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you think you can snap your fingers and switch from, you know, team leader to actually, um, I should say, you know, from salesperson, from the rainmaker to a team leader. What are some of the things that you learned along the way to become a better leader and sort of transition from, you know, the rainmaker to a team leader? I was super intentional about becoming a better leader. I took leadership courses, the team management leadership program with Landmark. It was a two-year program, excruciating experience. <laughs> but if you're really committed to being a, a, a great leader, that is the program for someone that wants to take it to the next level. I read endless books, John Maxwell, um, Dichotomy of uh, Leadership, Extreme Ownership, um, you know, all these leadership courses and just every day practicing leadership. I focused on it ex extremely hard from 2000. 18 to 2020, that's when I finished the program with Landmark. I came out of it like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got what it takes to create something and create a real team instead of being beast mode by myself. Right. And that's when things started to really change. And I got, I, I had some great people that I met that put me in these uh, situations that now I can grow. Right. And by chance, I met Kenny Fast on Clubhouse. Right. And then by yeah. chance, I met his coach on Clubhouse as well. And Raquel, when I got into the program, she said, uh, why don't you want to grow your team? I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't want to grow because people come and go. And she started developing these systems with us for us. And now we're at 21. And I'm like, holy shit, how do we get here? Right. It's not perfect, but I'm willing to fail along the way. So if someone's looking to become a team leader, I would say you, you gotta, you gotta work on being a great leader first. Right. But I did it along the way. I always was willing to fail. You know, as we were preparing for this, this call or this podcast, um, one of the things that we talked about were the agents on your team. I know you said you're up to 21 agents now. And one thing that I found interesting was that you said a lot of the agents are newer mm -hmm. agents. Mm -hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Was that, you know, by chance, was that, was there some, some thought process behind that, that it's just easier to teach, you know, newer agents, the business than try to convince other agents that, you know, I've been in the business a while of, of how you guys do it. Talk to us about that a little bit. I think I've been attracting new agents because they, they see that I can help them. And my avatar of, of uh, a perfect agent on the team is full time. <laughs> Willing, hungry, and coachable. I don't care who you are. I don't care how tall you are, how short you are, how ugly you are, how pretty you are, how handsome you are. It doesn't matter. As long as you have this, like I'm willing to interview you and hope you're willing to interview us. Right. And, and along the way, I've been building my value stack. So it, we don't prefer any tenure of agents. 
if you're more seasoned, which we have been attracting more seasoned agents, the ones who are like, you know, 15, 20 deals want to go to the next level, but don't want to think about marketing and don't want to think about admin, leveraging, scaling, come here. We take care of everything for you. And for the new agents, even no brainer because they don't even know what to do anyways. Yeah. Right. So it happened by all attraction. I haven't made cold calls or, or, or intentionally recruited anybody on my sales team. Gotcha. And would you say the normal process is that, uh, you know, the, the people that are now on your team initially came in through the downline, got a little bit more exposure coaching, um, to you and your, your team, and then eventually said, Hey, you know, I don't want to just be in the downline. I want to be actually part of your team. Is that, is that a fair statement? One agent did that. Wow. Was with me for eight months. And then all of a sudden she's like, I, I need more accountability. I need to be on a team. I said, okay, great. We'll work out something that, that works out for both of us in terms of split wise. Cause she's about seven years in eight years in. And, you know, we worked out a better deal for her friends and family. Right. But otherwise, if the team gives them a lead, it's 50, 50. The one thing I take away from all of this is that when you switch your success to being dependent on the team, that's when everything changes versus it being dependent on your own activities. I, um, yes, Kiro, I think, and um, I wouldn't, I'd probably use a different word than dependent. It's mm. collaborate and togetherness, mm. right? Because now I don't say, oh, here's my buyer's agent. Here's my listing agent. Here's my listing coordinator, escrow here's coordinator. My here's my partner. My partner is going to be taking, uh, uh, taking you to this showing, accompanying you to all these showings, and I'll be in the background advising and negotiating on behalf. Right. But if I say buyer's agent, oh, John's just sending me to some subordinate. I used to hear that a lot. Your associate said this. Your subordinates said that. It's condescending, first of all. Yeah. Now, it's, now it's like, okay, well, John um, has a system where they all work together to help me with my transaction. Right. So togetherness and collaboration instead of depending on either or. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. Totally. That's very valuable. And it shows in a lot of things that you do. So uh, what are some of the ways that you're able to invest more into uh, your agents that a new team leader can duplicate and replicate from you? Uh, I think is um, investing in a team coach. I think that's first and foremost, because we all want to be beasts in being a great listing agent. And then I was trying to figure it out myself uh, as a team leader, trying to go from a great listing agent to a team leader, trying to figure it out myself. And everything changed when I hired Raquel, mm. right? So hire a coach, right? And then she'll give you systems. And she'll she's holding me accountable week after week after week to build new system, but it's only one at a time. But as you can see, we grew pretty fast by building that system. So I was always worried, okay, should I build these systems first, then recruit? And then, you know, I interviewed another agent that she was uh, coach. She is coaching. Kevin Cruz out of uh, San Jose as well. He said, build the systems along with the people that you're working with together. Build it together instead of building it and then adding. And because the people that you're building it with, they feel ownership as well. So I hope that makes sense. That's solid. Yeah. So Raquel, um, 
coaches you personally yeah. on how to grow the team. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about how your team is made up. Obviously, you said it's 21 agents. Yeah. Do you have, um, you know, a director of operations? Do you have a sales manager, transaction coordinators? I know they're all partners, yep. but um, what other positions do these, you know, are, uh, do you have administratively? Yeah. So she's um, telling me to slice myself up, meaning right now I'm the director of operations, director of sales. Uh, the coach and the CEO, and I'm, I'm wearing all these multiple hats, even on the management level, right? And she's like, slice yourself up and start to seek out leaders within your organization or outside of the organization to come and replace you. Because if you can find you that does all these things, they wouldn't need John's side. They would just be another team, right? So I need to slice myself up. Uh, but right now I am those four hats. And Renee, who's been with me over 10 years, she's our main uh, office manager, oversees the whole operations. A lot of times I don't even know what the hell is going on, but she's the boss, right? I just come in and inspire and coach, right? And then we have Michelle who supports Renee on the overflow work. And then we have two uh, virtual assistants that do the leftover administration, administrative work, um, the non-time sensitive stuff. And we also hired a VA to take listing, showing requests, and uh, evening and um, weekend calls. So a total of four admin, two in person, two virtual. They're all virtual right now. We all work from home. And then there's no listing agents, no buyer's agents on the team. Everybody is a listing agent. Everybody is a buyer's agent. It's all the same. I do have more senior agents that when a brand new agent comes in, They'll ask me, John, I need to learn how to write a contract, right? And then I will pair them up with a more senior agent. So that that role is kind of filled. So if it's 50-50, right, the agent will get um, 40 and the mentor will get 10 and then the team gets 50. You're not going to let a brand new agent on the team take take seller leads. <laughs> so how? what's the process there? Is there like a listing certification process? How do you make sure that an agent on your team is actually qualified to sit in front of clients and represent your brand? That's when I pair them up with a more senior agent that has done it before and usually works pretty well, but I'm, I'm still not there, right? Because I sat yeah. in these listing appointments with my more senior agents years ago and now they know how to do it. So I just pair them up, right? Yeah. Got it. One thing that you said, John, was a beast. And speaking of beast, you wrote a book called How to Be a Beast. Yes, sir. Uh, what inspired you to write that? And, uh, what are some big takeaways uh, to someone who might want to pick up the book? Uh, I think for me, being a beast, uh, has always been it, the, the conversation in my head. Like I got a beast mode through this. I am beast moding today and all that beast mode every single day. And I'm like, wait a minute, you just got to become a beast. There's no beast mode when you're just a beast. Because if you're not on beast mode, what are you? Non-beast mode. <laughs> yeah, right? So there was all my conversations like 2008, 2009. I was like, beast mode, let's go, let's go. And then 2012, I hit another you know, um, cycle. And I was like, beast mode. 2019 was another cycle in Vancouver. Ah, beast mode. So that inspired me to write the book, How to Be a Beast. And I had all these um, you know, 13 iron laws of next level sales performance from my own experience, you know, talking about all these laws to move 
people into higher production and to higher level performance, even if you're not a salesperson in real estate, right? And it's all like a amalgamation of all my mentors that gave me all the advice, put it into one book through my own experience in the last 16 years in real estate. And the biggest point of all that, um, at this point, I think for me is the, the biggest point in the book is detachment. Mm. Let go. What does the power of detachment mean to you? I think the power of detachment means to me is that shit's going to happen anyways. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. So why not enjoy the process? Because people hold on to everything, man. I want to hold on to my car. I don't want to lose my car. I don't want to lose that listing. I don't want to lose this buyer. Listen, you own nothing. Yeah. You have to let it go. Even if I go back home right now, my wife takes all my money, all my cars and all my house and my two girls, I have to be okay with it because I own nothing. And if you know that you own nothing, then your life will be free. But if you think you own the agents on your team, you think you own the listings, you think after you sell a listing, that client's your client forever, you own that client, you're wrong. You own nothing and nothing is taken for granted. That's why I still wake up every day and be like, hey, you know what? It's, it's, a, it's starting at zero, man. I got to be grateful. And who knows, guys, if Elon Musk builds a robot to sell real estate, we're fucked. <laughs> so I got to be grateful for today. And, you know, EXP, yeah. I hope it's going to be here forever. But the revenue share has been so sweet that I need to share the revenue share opportunity with everybody I come across because who knows nothing is forever so I'm so grateful for everything yeah one of the things I heard you say in the past was be committed to the actions that are unattached to the outcomes yeah. and I think that line is so powerful in the way that it is um, when you reflect back towards the events that occurred to you in 2008 and as obviously the market is cyclical you know Vincent Lombardi always said that luck doesn't favor the lucky it favors the prepared yep how are you prepping everyone who's looking up to you as you know a leader, as you know inspiration? How are you prepping them through this next coming storm? I have, uh, if we have enough time, I'll share the A, B, C, D, E's of being a beast is how I prepared them this afternoon. If I may share is, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. so A is you got to double up on your actions. You got to increase your lead generation. You got to take massive action. You can sit there you know, the law of attraction, you'll manifest a lot of deals that fall into your lap, which is what happened 2020, 2021. You're not good as a market. Okay. Yeah. There's a law of tr attraction and there's a law of action. You got to take massive action to thrive in this upcoming market that we're headed into. But it's a huge opportunity if you are committed. Right? So that's A. B, how I prepare them is you got to choose to be the one that's successful. Success is not what you do is who you're being the biggest jump in my career from 500,000 to a million was I chose one day that I saw myself as a millionaire real estate agent and everything changed. Everything kind of came together that year, right? So choose who to be. Do I choose to be fearful? The one who's fearful in this market, or do I choose to be the one that's prepared in this market? If I choose to be the one that's prepared in this market, what must I do? in this market to have what I want, right? People always think 
it's do have be, but in fact, it's be do have. So choose to be first, then you can do the things that are consistent with that being choice and then to have the things that you want, right? Yeah. So C is threefold. Communication. You need to reach out to people when you're in a funk. Your ego might have you hide and be scared, not talk about your problems, but that's exactly when you need to reach out. Communicate with people. Communicate with your mastermind. Communicate with the community. That's why EXP is so so good is that everybody helps each other. Nobody's left behind. Leave no man behind. The other really important point about communication is uh, reach out. Reach up when you need help, but reach down for somebody that needs help. You always learn better when you teach it to somebody else. Right? So communication and community we just talked about too. Masterminding, doing a podcast like this, contribution. And the next thing is check your commitment. In this upcoming market, if you are not committed Mike calls it the skimmers. Get out of real estate if you're not committed. But if you are committed, you can get all the business that you want. But check your commitment. So threefold on the C. D is detachment we just talked about. Let it go. Let it go. Write down your goals. Go out and take action. Visualize daily and let it go. If you don't let it go, it's because shit's going to happen anyways. But if you don't let it go, it'll become a painful experience every single day. E is energy and enthusiasm. Mike always tells us if you don't have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but you have a high level of skills, you're not going to win. But if you have high level of skills and, and, uh, and low, high level of uh, energy and enthusiasm, low level skill, you're still going to win. But if you have high levels of energy and, and enthusiasm and high level of skill, you're going to win all the time. So work on the A, B, C, D, E's to become a beast in this upcoming market. Hope that helps. Wow. No, that was perfect. Oh, when you stop that E, I don't know if you saw that Instagram video where it's like, you you're still playing like music too loud, to right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. All you Slow, jail. straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, no, that was his Instagram video? Huh? No, that was his Instagram? No, no. It was something that went viral. I was like, I don't think I saw that. That was awesome. That's extremely valuable. I guess the biggest lesson out of that is buy the book, How to Be a Beast. Um, And you'll get the ABCs of uh, How to Be a Beast in there. Um, John, I think one of the biggest things that's uh, hard uh, to do for someone trying to keep a positive mindset and constantly dealing with, uh, I guess, the emotions of real estate and simultaneously trying to be consistent in the activities with blind faith, what, what worked for you? Like that year that you changed the vision of yourself, I guess like a cyber cybernetic kind of reflective uh, thing of yourself. What was the main thing that changed for you to actually see yourself as that million dollar real estate agent? I think doing the daily work, doing the daily work of waking up at 4.30, going to the gym, journaling daily to get my crazy thoughts out of the way, and then you know meditating and visual, visualizing my goals um, and reading, like all those things in the morning really kept me going because I would wake up 4.30 in the morning and just hate the world. I still wake up 4.30 in the morning hating the world right now. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got to do this again? Man, I gave it my all yesterday. How can I fucking do it again, man? Shit. But then I wake up, just sit in silence, meditate a little bit, journal a little bit, get my negative thoughts out of the way, go to the gym. And by that time, I'm pretty 
you're feeling pretty good. You come back and read a little bit. You start role playing a little bit. You, you have the energy. But by seven thirty, I'm ready to go. So if you don't have that morning routine to get yourself pumped up, it's hard. Every time when I don't do my morning routine, I feel like a sluggish. I just don't feel right. So yeah. if you if you're an agent who's struggling right now in the mindset, first of all, reach out to somebody, right? And a lot of times when you get into communication, 50% of your problems are gone. And the other 50%, you go and take action and do something about it, right? And then you got to focus on your daily routine because it, the, the real estate business is very cyclical. Your paycheck is just cyclical. But if your actions are like this, then your ups and downs would be even way more. But if your actions are like this, very consistent, you don't have to worry because things will happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Just keep moving yeah. forward no matter what. It, it, the bead you have, um, Abraham Hicks, can you, uh, is that where you got it from? The bead you have? I actually never studied Abraham Hicks that closely, but it was from Thatch. And I got connected with this program called Daryl Rutherford uh, Personal Development Course. And right now I talk with my coach, Chris Larmer, who was former MFO agent with Thatch. And he's coaching me weekly on Be Do Have. And it's mostly about a law of attraction and self-image. Um, I think that process is very, very important. It's a hard concept to grasp, right? Because yeah. you always want to do, 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 do. Oh, let me just work 80 hours a week so I can become this person, so I can have the things that I want. It doesn't really work that way. And in certain environments, you think that you have to spend the money to actually feel like you're being that person instead of actually visualizing it and seeing it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's the fake it till you make it syndrome. And sometimes you have to do it, but a lot of times you might hurt yourself doing it. Right. Yeah. And I'm in 2007. I wanted to be that guy. So I bought that car, but I was going broke all at the same time. It was just a facade. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. You know, one of the things, and I'm sorry, I'm hogging this, um, oh, it is the support system that you have, you know, uh, during COVID, a lot of people's support systems were challenged. And uh, your wife has a sense of humor similar to yours, where she would post videos of you repeating affirmations and script yeah, practice yeah. in in the shower. Um, how was that working from home versus having that routine of going into the office and being in that every day? How was that shift? Uh, for you? That was a big shift for me, but uh, luckily, because we joined EXP, that everything became cloud based immediately, and. I have been going into the office seven o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night. I was the fixture in that office for 12 years. And people were like, oh, John, John's there every single day, every single day, every single day. And all of a sudden switching to EXP, I was like, wow, okay, this is a change. But then it was huge when the pandemic hit. Because everybody was like, oh, business got to stop. You got to go home now. I'm like, shit, I've been working from home for a year now. This is great. Right. And, and what, what really changed was like in 2019 to 20, I was always out. I was taking listings. I was recruiting agents. I missed the first year of my daughter's life. Uh, Zoe never saw her that first year. But then during the pandemic, I saw her grow up from, you know, year two until now. And my youngest, younger one, uh, Kaylee, I've seen her grow up from day one. Right. And that's just just a blessing in disguise of this pandemic. I realized a lot of things in this pandemic that, man, nothing lasts forever. Don't take anything for granted. If you want to do something, do it today. 
right? I have people like friends and family that are like dying from whatever, for whatever reason, cancer, stroke, um, COVID, right? And that's why last five and a half weeks took the family to go on these multiple trips because I know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, guys. I know I can always come back and work hard and things will be okay, but you can never buy that time back with your family. So if you have an inspiration to do something, go and act on it, right? Instead of saying, oh, I wish I'd have done that. The biggest thing when people die are the regrets. You carry that to the grave, that's not good. I want to be able to do the things that I want to do in my life and say the things I want to say to the, to the people I want to say it to that I really care about. Never hold back anything, right? Mm. Yeah. So your team... 21 agents is all virtual. No one's going in the office anymore. I'm in my office right now at WeWork, and this is the, the training office that space that we have. But um, guess what? 21 agents, guess who shows up? Everywhere. Oh, wow. So, fuck all. So, so that's got to be really hard. I mean, because I know within, like, we, are, we have a different approach in our team. Um, where we require our agents to be in the office, mm -hmm. which throws a lot of agents off. And that's where we lose a lot of interest. Yeah. People are like, yep, I want to do it. I want to do 50 deals this yep. year. I've got big goals. Yep. I want to make money. And we say, all right, well, in order to be on the team, you got to be in the office, yes, you know, role play and uh, handling objections at 730. And they're like, ah, maybe not. I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I give you guys something? Can I offer you something? Yeah, please. please. Don't make anybody wrong, including yourself. An agent that's not producing, don't make them wrong. If they're not showing up, don't make them wrong. Love on them, support them, right? And that's not, it's different from not workable. If they're doing something out of integrity on your team, you, you have to let them go. But if they're not producing, that's when they need you the most as a team leader. But if we make them wrong, you're not going to attract the right agents, right? So I'm like, hey, you know, guys, I have an office. You guys can come in. Great. But most people don't. And I'm not going to make them wrong for it. I have powwow calls every day at 930. Out of 21 agents, maybe eight or nine show up at the max. Sometimes only three to four. I was offering to pay for our agents to go to Mike Ferry. Flight, hotel, event. Guess how many came, guys? Three. Two. Wow. I offered to pay. Mm. Right? So, But I'm not going to make them wrong because everybody is doing the best. They're doing the best they know how. But if I make them wrong, then we can't work together. And I, I, at the same time, I can't make myself wrong for them not showing up. I'm doing my best. I hope that makes sense that that's some value to you guys. No, definitely. Yeah. How, how do you, as you say, love on them, train them, teach them, guide them when the participation's not always mandatory? Um, you, you, it could be the alignment of values. Yeah. And that's what makes them stay in there. I think, I think they, they, they're attracted to the culture and the energy for a reason. But when they don't show up, again, I, I can't make people wrong. It's an 80-20 rule. If everybody yeah. showed up, man, like that, that would be 
it's actually, you know what, almost impossible. How many agents sign up for Mike Ferry? It's a couple thousand in in Mike Ferry coaching. How many people come to the retreat? Can't make them wrong for it. But you appreciate the ones a lot when they show up, right? Mike always comes out on stage. This is the best audience I've ever had. So what's my attitude as the team leader every single day? If I show up on powwow at 9.30, I'm going to be there for half hour. Whether or not any one of you motherfuckers don't show up or not. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. But that's my mentality <laughs> is that I got to show up as a team leader. I got to show up to all the trainings. And if nobody shows up, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm the lighthouse. But I'm not going to chase you. Listen, I'm not going to chase you. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to be the lighthouse and attract the right people. And even when they come in, when sometimes the motivation level comes down or something happens with them, you know, our alignment may go out of whack and maybe time to part ways and that's okay. But again, I'm here to support you and love you, love on you and help you achieve your goals. But if something has changed, you need to be in communication with me, but I'm not going to chase you. I used to chase people all the time. That'll burn you out. Why aren't you showing up at the office? Why aren't you, why aren't you prospecting? Shit, you know? It almost goes back to your mantra of being committed to the activities and unattached to the outcomes. And part of the outcomes is expectations. So removing that, yeah. giving them everything they need to succeed and then letting them be hungry. Uh, what was the other one? I was gonna say something else. Let's say hungry, horny, happy. <laughs> <laughs> what, yes, what are yes, those four qualities? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. And maybe, maybe that's the reason they shouldn't come into the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's why they don't come in. No, that's awesome. Yeah. This is good. All right. Well, John, this has been incredibly uh, valuable. Um, I want to close actually with one question. If you could, um, your your uh, what's your first daughter's name? Zoe. Zoe. Zoe, yeah. I I feel like I've shown my wife like at least 50 videos of her just doing ridiculous things. So um, I'm always I'm always uh, laughing at uh, whatever's going on in your house. So (laughs) keep it up, man. That's that's always (laughs) fun. Um, If you could um, only give your daughters one piece of advice relating to, uh, let's say, money, uh, what would it be? (sighs) <sighs> it's heavy. You're on your deathbed. Um, I think about, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it has to be go towards your passion. Go yeah. towards your passion. Money will come when you go towards your passion. And it'll follow you. Do good work. Be a good person. Live a good life. Be happy and healthy first and foremost. Everything else will fall into place as it should. Don't chase the money. It's a very painful experience. Daddy goes out and chase money so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's great, man. And you've been an inspiration. I, I've only spoken to you probably twice. And the impact that you've had on the, the exposure that you've shared has been uh, amazing. So very grateful to have you on. Um, and if anyone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best method and way? Uh, you know, I'm addicted to Instagram. So if you want to follow me, Sai Real Estate on Instagram, I'm always there. <laughs> You, you slide into my DMs anytime. <laughs> Great, man. Well, thank you again for for spending some time with us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I think people will find a lot of value just from 
from listening to this uh this podcast so we really appreciate it again i appreciate you guys man keep in touch